We're starting a brand new series today that I am fired up about. It's called Planted, and we're going to be talking about what it looks like to flourish, to live a blessed life, to enjoy uh, God's blessings and uh, fulfilling of our purpose that he's designed us for and what that looks like specifically in the local church. And so uh, this is going to be a great day for us to kind of kick off a new semester. All of you students back in school, I'm sorry uh, if you like school, I'm sorry, but if you don't don't like school especially, I'm sorry, but it's going to be a great year, and I know that God's going to do incredible things through all of you and look forward to hearing all that he does. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 92. Psalm chapter 92. If you're not familiar with the Bible, uh, it's right smack dab in the middle. Uh, if you have a smartphone, you can always download the Version Bible app, Y-O-U, and that's a free Bible app so that you can have access to the Bible on your smartphone with you at all times. Now, Psalm chapter 92 is, it's a psalm, a psalm is a song, and it's a song that was designed or written uh, for the Sabbath day, which was when the Jewish people, the people of Israel would have uh, worshipped, it would have been the seventh day, and this would have been a song that they were sung together uh, as they entered the temple and celebrated God's goodness on their life. So I want to focus on the last few verses of this chapter. Uh, we'll talk about the rest of the chapter uh, potentially next week. And just encourage us with just a few thoughts this morning. So Psalm chapter 92, I'm going to start reading in verse number 12. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. Let me read one more time verse number 13. Love this verse. Planted in the house of the Lord. Everybody say planted. It's the name of our series. This is the thought that we're going to focus on, the theme throughout this entire series. Planted in the house. Everybody say, in the house. I'm titling this sermon this morning, Who's in the House? Who's in the house? I guess I'm old. <laughs> Only a few of you laugh. That makes me feel bad. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Now, I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I felt as if I were simply surviving this thing called Christianity. And it was all I could do to kind of keep my head above the water. And I've had to deal with some circumstances and some life situations that didn't cause me to feel as if I were flourishing. But I want to share part of my story with you today to help you understand something that changed when it came to the house of the Lord for me personally. And I believe can change for you that we can no longer live lives just to survive, but we can live lives that flourish in the courts of God. Is that something that you would be interested in? Let me pray for us, and I'll share. Lord, thank you for the house of the Lord. Thank you for the local church. Thank you uh, that your plan uh, to extend grace to humanity was birthed with the local church in Acts chapter number 2, and we are grateful to play a part in that story, and we ask you to speak to our hearts today. Hide me behind the cross that all that's heard is from you, and let me not get in your way. In Christ's name, amen. I remember going to church from an early age. However, my earliest memories did not involve church. 
When I was extremely young, my parents weren't really involved in church. I remember the weekend that my brother and I, my older brother and I, went to visit my grandparents in Atlanta, and we stayed the weekend with them. Uh, my grandfather, just so you know, is just like a hardcore churchgoer. Like, even to this day, he won't miss church. It doesn't matter what the purpose is, and we could be like, it's okay if you miss a Wednesday night here and there. It's okay. We've got family in town from Indiana. You know, you don't have to go to church tonight. He's going to be in church, okay? So he took my brother and I to church, and we had an incredible time. They had a large church, and uh, there were lots of kids our age there, and we, I just remember having a great time. And I remember when we got home, I remember my brother asking my dad, how come you don't take us to church? Like, why don't we go to church? I enjoy church. Why don't we go to church? And I remember my dad telling me later, years later, that it was that question from my brother that spurred them to get us more involved in church. Now, let me tell you what that looked like, more involved in church. My parents uh, were not living for the Lord. They'll tell you this. In fact, several years after this, they went through a divorce, and God miraculously rejoined their lives back together. Um, and they have, since that day, lived for God and uh, have have been committed to him and planted in the house of the Lord. But what that looked like for us was our parents had friends that lived at the lake. My uncle had a boat. They spent lots of times on the lake. My parents would literally drive us to church. They would drop us off for Sunday school because it was before church. And when Sunday school was over, they would pick us up and we would go to the lake. So they didn't really attend church. We didn't really attend church outside of Sunday school. But some of my earliest memories of church involved like the felt board. I don't know if any of you guys ever grew up old school church and had the felt board and you would take Bible characters and you'd put on the felt board and you would build the story on this felt board. And I thought that was really cool as a little kid. And then I remember from time to time we would attend church and, and I remember that I would get in trouble. My dad would give me these stares like, if you make one more noise, I'm going to kill you. And I would always get the thump on the back of the head if I were distracting or anything. Those were my memories, earliest memories of church. It wasn't a place where our family was necessarily involved. It was just a place that we went. It was a place that we attended. It was just something that we did. I didn't really know why we did it. I just knew that I enjoyed the felt board and the little games and the snacks that I got as a little kid. And that was kind of the extent of our journey. And like I told you, my parents went through a divorce and God miraculously reunited them together. And in the process of them getting back together, God really did a work in my parents. And my parents kind of committed their lives to Jesus and to serving him. And uh, my home changed dramatically from the way it was before. And I remember that we no longer just like attended church. It wasn't just something we did. Like we got involved in church from that point forward. In fact, I joke and tell people that um, as a child, I had a drug problem because anytime the doors of the church were open, my parents literally drugged me to church. Like I didn't miss church. We kind of adopted my grandfather's model to church and, and we were always there. Uh, I remember being in like little children's plays. I remember I couldn't sing. I still can't sing, but I remember singing a solo in the little children's choir. And I remember um, just going to these little camps uh, with all the other children at the church. And some of my earliest memories were just being involved in church, but it was still just a place that I didn't really understand. It was in that first church that we went at, though, that as a seven-year-old, 12 days before my eighth birthday, November 1st, 1987, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I received Christ. I was saved. Um, I became a Christian, and a church changed a little bit for me, but I still didn't fully understand what it meant to be planted in the house of the Lord, like we're going to talk about 
in this series. It was still just a place that I went. Um, it was a place that I enjoyed going to receive something. I got something out of church. Uh, maybe the pastor would say something that would encourage me. Maybe my children's workers would say something that would encourage me. And it was definitely a place that I love to have fun and go and hang out with my friends. But I didn't fully understand exactly what church was and what my role in the church should look like. Now, Several years later, in my ninth, between my ninth and 10th grade years of high school, um, there was a shift in my life when it came to church. I remember my middle school years being um, involved in church to a degree that like I started going to a youth group and started uh, forming relationships in church and uh, just began to really enjoy church. But um, in my ninth grade year, we started attending a church and I remember that for me, church came alive. Like my involvement from church went from simply attending a place where like I just enjoyed going and didn't fully understand why I went all the time to like feeling as if I were connected to family. It started to feel like home. I don't know if you've ever been part of a church that felt like home, like this is my home, this is where I belong, this is a place where I love people and people love me and I have closest uh, friends in this church and I have relationships and I began to see God stir some things in my heart that caused me to want to partner with this church to help reach people and uh, things just began to change for me. And as I've been thinking about this series, Planted in the House of the Lord, I identified for myself that it was around about that time that I really became planted in the house of the Lord, that I became planted in the church, that the place that I used to just attend and it was just somewhere that I went for fun or for whatever reason that I went became a place that I felt like I belonged and I felt like I, I put roots down. And I felt like it was home. And I felt like it was a place that became a firm foundation for me and that I could be used. And something inside of me just came alive. I always loved Jesus. I accepted him as a young kid. But for me, something just changed that year. And it was like there was something that was ignited in me. And church was completely different. Now, I've been in church literally my whole life. And I've seen every spectrum of people who come through the doors of the church, people like my grandfather who religiously attend church and will never, ever miss. And I love that. I love people who are so committed to the church. I've seen people who visit a church simply on big holidays, maybe Christmas, maybe Easter, maybe it's Mother's Day, uh, because it just seems like something that with their family that they would like to do. Okay, So I've seen people on different spectrums. But what I love to see the most is to see someone get planted in the house of the Lord. Being planted in the house of the Lord is something special to me because now some years later, after I felt like I was planted in the house of the Lord, God called me and my wife, Lindsay, to plant this church. And I became labeled as a church planter, which meant I started a church, I planted a church. The goal was never that there would just be another church in the community that would be cool or fun or whatever, but it would be a church that would dig roots down that would be home to people, that people would love to establish relationships and become part of our family, that they would call Synergy Church home and we would partner together for the purposes of God to reach this community with the incredible hope of the message of Jesus Christ. So being planted in the house of the Lord is something that I've given my life to, literally. 
Now, I can't say that I ever want to plant another church, and I have no intentions of doing that, so you guys are stuck with me if you choose to get planted in this house of the Lord because it was a difficult process, and it still is at times, but I am so thankful for the role that the church has played in my life. I want to share with you in just a moment five things that I've experienced from becoming planted in the church with just the hope of encouraging you, if you haven't been planted in the house of the Lord, to plant yourself in the house of the Lord. The other day I was driving with my almost six-year-old down the uh, road. We were actually coming out of a grocery store, and there was a man walking across the street in front of us. And my son, children say the funniest things. My son says, Daddy, is that man homeless? I was like, why would you think he's homeless? And he said, well, he's walking. And I said, well, just because someone's walking doesn't mean they're homeless. He might just be going right across the road to the store. He might, he might live right around the corner. You never know. And he said, well, he doesn't, he's not driving a car, though, so he's homeless, right? And I said, Landon, if you drive a car, that doesn't determine like if you have a home. And I was trying to explain this to him, and I got frustrated because he keeps saying why and what a lot. And I feel like I repeat the same things, and he still keeps asking questions. And so I kind of dropped it. And a couple miles down the road, we passed a big tent, a big white tent. And the tent was like the sides were rolled up, and there was a stage in there with this big pulpit, and it had a cross on it, and there were chairs set up. And, and my son says, Daddy, what is that tent? What's that for? And I said, well, son, it looks like there's maybe going to be an evangelist and he's going to get up and he's going to preach and they're going to invite people from the community to come to this tent and they're going to come and worship God and, and hear a message from whoever's preaching. And he, he was like, oh, that's, that's cool, but um, why do they take the tent down? And I said, well, okay, son, so your daddy is a pastor, Okay, so we have a church that, that, that daddy pastors, and, and that's always our church. And we're always going to be in this community, and that's kind of our church home. But, but God also calls some people to be evangelists, and, and people serve in different roles. And maybe this man, he travels to different communities, and he sets his tent up, and he preaches the gospel. And then when he's done, he packs up his tent, and he goes somewhere else and preaches the gospel. And that's a good thing, too. And he said, he said but daddy, that's not good. And I said, that is good, son. He, that he's doing what God's called him to do. And he said, no, but he's homeless. He doesn't have just like one church that he belongs to. Isn't that sad, daddy? And it's not sad if he's doing what God's called him to do, but it hit me like it hit me. We've got a lot of people in our community who are homeless when it comes to being involved in a church. We've got a lot of people who are Christians, who have been saved, who love Jesus, who are homeless. They're not planted in the house of the Lord through a local church. They don't have a body of Christ, a body of believers by which they belong to, which they encourage one another, which they serve with one another, where they're joined together with someone to do life together through the local church. And this is an important thing. I had a conversation several months back with a lady that I used to attend church with when I was a student pastor. And we're just catching up on life. And I said, well, you, are you still attending that church? And she said, no, we're not really attending church anymore. And I was like, really? These were people that were always at church. They were involved. Said, why, are you not, why are you not in church anymore? Well, my daughter's a teenager now, and she's playing basketball, and she's on a travel team, and we're just always busy on the weekends. And, and really, if we ever have a Sunday off, we just need to catch our breath, and we just need to rest. And I, and I just thought, Life is so busy 
that you as a Christian can't be planted in the house of the Lord, that's a sad thing to me. It's a sad thing to me because if you want to flourish in the courts of God, Psalm 92 says you have to be planted in the house of the Lord. That planting yourself in the house of the Lord is what produces a life that flourishes. It helps you bear fruit into old age. It's how you last as a Christian. It's how you grow old serving God through the local church. Now, people say to me all the time, uh, I've got a guy that I work a part-time job with who isn't involved in a church right now, and he's kind of doing the whole church hopping thing. He goes to this church, then he goes to that church, and he hears somebody's going to be at this church, so he'll go to that church, and he goes back and forth, and he's just always frustrated with church. I never heard a man so frustrated with church. I just can't, the church does. And I just keep saying, like, where's your church home? And you don't have a church home. Of course you're going to be frustrated. Because you're going to keep going to different places. They're going to do things different. And that's just confusing. Can you imagine like living in a different home each week? Like with a new family? And he's always... And it's like Jesus Christ who died for you, who died for me. This is his plan for you and for me if we call ourselves Christians. His vehicle to establish his name throughout all the world is the local church. In Acts chapter 2, he founded the local church. And since that day, the movement of the local church is unstoppable. And it has spread to the ends of the earth, almost literally. But we get so tied up in our lives that we fail to see the importance of being planted in the house of the Lord. And for us, sometimes... Because life gets busy and chaotic and we go through different seasons, we find ourselves allowing church to, to be an overflow option. Like if I have margin in my schedule, if, if nothing else is going on. You ever had a friend like that? Well, if no one asks me to do anything on a Friday night, I'll call them and I know they'll do something with me because they probably ain't got no plans anyway. No, no, we treat the church like that sometimes. Yeah, well, no, no, I guess nothing's going on. I'll just get up and go to church, I guess. Ah, church. You don't have a church family. You're like bouncing from place to place. It's not a place that your heart's tied to, and you're just always, blah, 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 the church, blah, blah, and they do this. Blah, 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 blah. And I want to tell you today that if you will plant yourself in the house of the Lord, you will flourish in the courts of our God. I take this verse as a promise. This is, this is a truth that we can embrace and hold on to. And I can say that it's a promise because I've experienced it. That between my ninth and 10th grade years of high school, when I planted myself in the Lord, now my parents had planted themselves in the Lord earlier. They were flourishing, but I was still just kind of being drugged with them. But for me, my ninth and 10th grade years, I planted myself in the house of the Lord. I want to share with you five things, five results of being planted in the house of the Lord. Number one, it gave me a family. It gave me a family. I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you're a Christian and you don't have a church family, then you're an orphan. God did not design you as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, to live life alone. It's not his plan. You're not going to convince me through any scripture that God has called you not to be involved in the local church. There are a lot of people out there that are against the local church who claim to love Jesus. The only problem with that is that Jesus loves the local church. So if you claim to love Jesus, that makes you love the local church. 
Because Jesus gave his life for the local church. We are the bride of Christ. We are the body of Christ. The local church is the hope of the world. Can you be a Christian and not belong to a local church? Oh, why even ask the question? I don't know. Sure, maybe. I don't know. If that makes you feel good, I'm sure. I'm sure the thief on the cross didn't join a church, but he's still in heaven because he accepted Christ hours before he died. Sure. But why would you want to just like survive through life without a family? You've heard stories, maybe you've been involved in situations where people didn't literally have a family, where maybe someone was homeless. And we take for granted the joy that comes from being a part of a family. Families fight, families argue, families stretch each other, families get on each other's nerves. But there's nothing like coming home. If you've been away on vacation, you might have had the time of your life. But after a certain period of time, you begin to miss home if you have a healthy home. If you've been in a job that causes you to travel and you're away during the week for, for days, weeks, or months at a time, when you get to come home, there's just something about home that, that belongs, that causes you to feel like you belong there. And when you walk back through the doors of your home and your family's there, there's just something that you can't find anywhere else. And for me, church became a family around about ninth, 10th grade year. I began to love the people that I went to church with. They became friends of mine. They weren't just people that I would see on Sundays. Most people think about church for one hour a week. That's when they attend church. They don't think about church throughout the week. But I began to see people in my school that I went to church with, and I began to establish friendships with them. They weren't just people I attended church with now. They were people that I became friends with. We began to do life together. We began to hang out together. I began to see church not just as a place to go and have fun, but as a place to invest my life. This was family. I had mentors in the church. I had older adults, senior adults who loved me, who came and they pinched my cheeks every week and they gave me hugs and some old ladies gave me kisses and I thought that was kind of gross as a ninth grader, but I loved my church. It was home. And I hear people who don't have a church home. Synergy doesn't have to be your church home, by the way. My goal today is not to like rope you in and say before you leave, you got to declare that this is your church and here's what that looks like. It's not my goal today. But you have to have a church home if you're going to flourish in the courts of God. You have to have a place that you belong. Why would you not want to have a place that you belong? Where people actually care about you. Where people actually pray for you. Where people actually ask how life is and are there to help you through difficult times and rejoice with you through good times. Who see your kids grow up and grow old together and are there for you. It takes a village to raise kids and there's no better village than the local church. That's just my deep conviction. So it gave me a place to belong. And that was different. Because I would say, yeah, that's the church I attend. When I was a student pastor, one of the things I always looked forward to was on senior nights of different sports. I would go and watch our students play on senior nights of different sports. There was always, or at least once throughout a school year, there was always someone that would be reading, you know, they're part of this club and that club, and uh, they attend the church that I was at. I was like, I never saw them before. But here they are announcing on senior night, you know, I'm part of such and such church. So I would... When I was able to, I'd go up and introduce myself afterwards. Hey, I'm actually the, the youth pastor at your church. We'd love to see you at church. I just want to invite you. 
It'd be great to have you. We meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30. It'd be awesome to have you since you claim that we're your church. But it wasn't their church. They just wanted something else to say. You ask people out of the community, you know, where you go to church? And they might say, it's Energy Church. But does that necessarily mean that that's their home? No, it doesn't. Because I used to say such and such was my church, but it wasn't really home. But when I got planted in the house of the Lord, it was home. It was like, Last church I ever attended before God called me into ministry, and I took a job serving in another church. When I got out of high school, I began volunteering. I began chaperoning trips with these students. I loved my church because it was a place that I belonged. The second thing that resulted from me planting myself in the house of the Lord was that it grew my faith. My faith began to grow. It was almost as if my roots went deep and I became more stable as a Christian. We've got this tree in the backyard of my parents' house that when I was a little kid and we first moved to that house, it was just a little oak tree. There's a little oak tree. And now it's like it's so big that it literally the width of it is, is over half the size of our backyard. We've, they've got three quarters of an acre and it's a huge oak tree. And a huge oak tree doesn't last 28 to 30 years without having deep roots. That tree has survived through some droughts. That tree has survived through some ice storms. That tree has survived through um, parts of a tornado, not a direct tornado, but some heavy storms. That tree has survived the years and grown and grown and grown. And the reason it's grown is because of what's below the surface that you'll never see. It grew deep. And I be- for me, when I got planted in the house of the Lord, I began to grow in my faith. I'm not saying you can't grow in your faith by reading the scripture on your own. You can't grow in your faith by praying on your own. Absolutely. But there's something about being planted in the house of the Lord that just helps you get established to drive down roots in faith and friendship. And you begin to grow in your faith. I learned some of life's most important lessons through the local church. I grew in my faith more in that season of my life than any other season before. Because it... it, prompted me to be pushed and grow in my faith. The third thing that was a a result of being planted is that it taught me to worship. It really did. Some some of you, I've I've heard people say like, oh, you're that type of church where people raise his hands. And I'm like, yeah, that's in the Bible, by the way. Singing is in the Bible. Shouting to the Lord is in the Bible. For me, like when they sang... At the church when I was growing up, I was just like, mm. they would always like sing the solos. They'd have the choir deal. I was like, oh, it's, it's nice. It's not really for me, but mm, it's nice. But now when we have an opportunity to sing together, it's not just a song. It's not just a performance. It's an opportunity for me to worship. You know where I learned that? A local church. I learned that in my high school years that God gives me an opportunity through the local church to worship, not just when it comes to singing songs, but to live a lifestyle that's worship unto the Lord, that I have things to offer to God that would declare that He is great and I'm not, that He has everything that I need to be sustained in life, that I can thank Him, that I can be grateful for all of His blessings in my life, that just perhaps I am where I am, not on my own doing as a high schooler, but because God has saw fit to bless me. And for that, I should thank Him. I should worship Him. I should declare that He is great, 
and greatly to be praised. And I began to read scriptures that taught about worship. I heard sermons about worship. I saw other people worshiping. Listen, when I started going to the church that I got involved in, uh, there were people that, that did some crazy stuff when it came to worship. I'll just be honest with you. There were people that would run around the church. It, was, it got kind of crazy at times. We won't do that here, just so you know. But I remember like, I never saw this in church before. What are these people doing? And I began, they're worshiping the Lord. There is so much joy in their hearts that they're responding to God. They're not just staring at someone, but they're being led by someone to see God for who He is and respond to Him. Now, I'm not saying that you have to lift hands. I'm not saying you have to run around the room. By the way, please don't do that. Kind of our rule for worship here is if, if your liberty in worship is a distraction to someone else, please submit your liberty and take it home in your own bedroom where it ain't going to jack up someone's like thought of church. That's just a side note. Worship is something I learned in a local church. And when you get planted in the house of the Lord, you understand that there are times and moments that you come together with a specific reason of worshiping God. And my hope is that we would be a church that pursues God through worship. The fourth thing that the local church did for me was it ignited my heart for the lost. I am a pastor today. I planted a church today because when I got planted in the house of the Lord, God helped me see people differently. I began to see that, wait, there are people on my teams, there are people in my classroom, they don't know Jesus. And I'm enjoying church and a church family, and their life is hopeless when it comes to spiritually speaking. And I began to say, i got to say something to these people. they got to understand that there's more to life than just living. That God offers so much for us. And I began to see people. And man, I began to pray for people. And I began to ask people questions. And I began to invite people to church. Because through the local church, the heart of God became my heart. And Jesus Christ came to seek and to save the lost. He established the local church to fulfill the Great Commission, which is to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to teach the gospel, that we might reach people with the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And the more I got planted in the house of the Lord, the more my roots went down, the more I began to see the heart of God for people. And I began to look around and I began to say, I've been playing, I've been playing ball with this guy for four years. I gotta say, I gotta say something. I gotta invite him. I gotta do something. I can't let him just like go off to college and me just uh, let him just be on his own. I gotta make sure he knows. Hey, there is there is more to life than what we're doing here. It ignited a heart and a passion in me for lost people. When Jesus looked at people, he had compassion on people. You might look at people like I used to look at people, and if people weren't like you, you used to think, well, they're just. They're jacked up. You know, they're not like me, and I'm right, and they're wrong, so I don't want nothing to do with them, so I'll just kind of go my own way. But Jesus looks at people, and he has compassion on them, and I began to see people and have compassion on them. 
There's no greater joy than inviting people to church, to having conversations with people and seeing them place their faith in Jesus and knowing that God used you to make a difference in their life. But it happens a lot of times through the local church. And for me, that's where it came to life. The fifth thing that being planted in the house of the Lord did was it developed my calling. Now, some of you are thinking right now, if I've got to be a preacher one day, I am not planting myself in the house of the Lord. And I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is God's purpose for my life, his calling on my life for me was discovered in my years being planted in the local church. That when I had a dream to be a civil engineer and I went to an engineering school my freshman year of college, it was still through the local church that I experienced God calling me away from my personal dreams and committing my life to doing what he called me to do. Now, if I hadn't been involved in local church, I don't believe that that would happen. I don't believe that I would pastor a church today if I was never planted in a church before. And I hate to think how many people aren't experiencing God's purposes for their life because they're not rooted and planted in the local church. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. And so through this series, we're going to be talking about what it looks like to be planted in the house of the Lord. And just so you know, it's not going to be me standing up here and telling you that you've got to start doing stuff with us in order for that to happen. But it's going to be me asking you simple questions to help you navigate and decipher, am I truly planted in the house of the Lord? And so today I just want to ask you one question as we end our time together. Just one perspective question. Just one question that will cause you to ask yourself, am I actually planted in the house of the Lord? And here's the question. Do you approach church with the same fervor that you approach other things in life? Do you approach church with the same commitment that you do other things in life? Do you approach church with the same passion that you do with other things in life? Do you approach church with the same energy that you do other things in life? And for me, I couldn't always say yes. For me, church wasn't always a place that I was passionate about going. It wasn't always a place that I got energized by thinking, hey, it's Sunday i got to go to church today. It wasn't always a place that I was committed to like I was committed to other things. And it definitely wasn't a place that I was passionate about like I was passionate about with other things in my life. But we have this culture that we live in that we allow ourselves to get so involved in things that if we're not careful, we'll forget what it looks like to be planted in the house of the Lord. Now, Psalm 92, like I said earlier, was written as a song that would be sung on a Sabbath. So they would come and sing a song together in worship. And it's a song singing about the greatness of God. But it talks about, earlier in the chapter, how the wicked flourish, but they're like grasses in a field. Now, if you've got a yard full of grass right now and you haven't been watering it, it's not as green as it was at one point. Grass doesn't last 
forever. Grass gets overtaken by weeds. Grass dies in droughts. Grass doesn't last forever unless you're intentional about taking great care of it. Man, you plant an oak tree and you help it get established, you help it get rooted, that sucker's going to be there forever. Now, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Palm trees flourish in deserts, at the beach, with little rain. If you've ever gone through a dry spell, if you've ever gone through a dry season, you know that it's sometimes hard to feel like you're flourishing through difficult times. But the righteous who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish no matter what seasons we go through in life. They will grow like the cedar of Lebanon. This was a tree that would grow for hundreds of years and would grow huge. I'm thinking of like redwoods out in California, like huge, massive trees that last, that are unwavering, that stand the test of time. That's how I want to be. I want to grow old knowing that God's blessings are still on my life, that I have served him faithfully for lots of years. You've known people who get excited about church for a little while and then they fade off and you don't see them for a while and they'll get excited about church for a little while and they'll fade off for a little while. Life will get difficult. They'll stop going to church. They'll start blaming God for the things being difficult and then things get better and then they'll start going back to church and thanking God that things are better and they think that because things are better, God blessed them and then when things get worse again, they think that God's not blessing them again so they stop going. They're up and down this roller coaster ride. They're not planted They're not established. They're not firmly rooted and steadfast in the house of the Lord. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. When you're planted in the house of the Lord, you'll flourish outside of the house of the Lord, out in the courts. Planted in the house of the Lord will spill over into other areas of your life. So many people think that you've got to be tenacious about things in life in order to find success. But if God's blessings are on your life because you're planted in the house, it's going to spill over into other areas. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Man, I want that to describe me when I'm older. When I'm on my deathbed, I want people to still say, man, he's still producing fruit. Man, he's still fresh and green. He's he's still in love with the Lord. God's still using him. He's not old and washed up. That's incredible. Proclaiming, the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. Because of God's greatness, we have the opportunity to get planted in his house, and his greatness becomes our hope and our strength and our source. Not our own strength, not our own greatness, but his. And there's no wickedness in him. And when we plant ourselves in that soil, in that environment, then we have to flourish. We have to flourish. So the final question for us is, who's in the house? Are you planted in the house of the Lord? So here's how I want to end our time together. I'm not going to make it super weird, but I do want to give you a chance to respond to what we're talking about today. If you're here today and you would say, you know what, whether I have been or not, but I want to flourish. 
I want to flourish in the courts of my God. I want to experience his blessings. I want to experience his abundance. I want my life to make a difference. Man, I want to last still bearing fruit. When I'm old and on my deathbed, I still want to be fresh and green. If you would say, that's me, I want to flourish. It doesn't matter if you call this your church home or not. I just want to invite you to stand, and I want to say a prayer over you. And together, we can stand and say, let's be a people that flourish by being planted. If that's you, so I, just, I want my life to flourish, whether it has been or hasn't. Would you just stand with me as we end together? Awesome. I was hoping that most people would stand. I was like, this is going to be bad if no one wants to flourish. Here's your question. Here's your question. You want to flourish. Are you planted? Are you planted in the house of the Lord? It doesn't have to be Synergy Church. But you've got to find a church where you can get planted, where you can belong, where you can throw, where you can grow deep roots, where you can develop what you need to flourish. It happens in the house of the Lord. If you're planted in this house, I want to say thank you for partnering with us to do what God's called us to do. And my prayer for you is that God would allow you to experience blessings like never before. If you're not planted in this house and you don't have a house that you would say you're planted in, I would love to invite you to consider planting yourself in this house because we would love for you to be part of our family. Let me pray over us. Lord Jesus, you see the men, the women, the students who want their lives to flourish before you. And I'm convinced, Father, because of what I've seen you do in my own life, that when we plant ourselves in the house of the Lord, that's where we flourish most. That the cultivated soul of the local church is the greatest place for us to experience growth as Christians and followers of Christ. And so for every man and every woman here today who is planted in this church, in Synergy Church, they would say, Synergy Church is my home church. That's my church family. That's where I am planted. I pray, Lord, that you would help them to flourish in your courts. And I pray that they would develop deep roots, that, Lord, you would place on their heart this week ways that they can plant themselves even more. And Father, for people in this room who would say Synergy Church is not my church and I don't really have a home church, I don't really have a house that I'm planted in, my prayer, Lord, is that you would clearly direct them to the perfect church for them and their family, that they would find a place where they could belong, where they could grow, where they could thrive, where they could develop roots and see you transform their lives from a life that simply survives to a life that flourishes. And may we be a people that experiences your greatest blessings through the local church. I specifically ask your blessings on Synergy Church. May we be a beacon of hope for this community. May we be a people who stand united together for the cause of Christ. May people far from you in Barrow County and beyond experience new life in Jesus Christ because what you're doing through the lives of the men, the women, the students who call Synergy Church home. I believe that you've called us here for a reason, that we don't just exist as another church in a community full of churches, but we're a church that's called to the purpose of reaching people far from God. And may we see a harvest even now that we would see people commit their lives to Christ and receive new life in him and may we be a people 
who are rooted in you. Help us serve one another well. Help us love one another well. And help us, Father, see you. Cause us to flourish. In Christ's name, I pray. And together we said, Amen. Amen.